0: Four four sweet, legs all the way down. Past I've on Power get them all, the all, all the to well, the trust back. the experts on oh, this one. Yeah, you know me, oh, it's oh, sick. Okay. not know. Open up your mouth, stick out your
1: tongue, trust the
0: expert, trust the
1: expert. Hi! Hello everybody! Hello out there in podcast land. Welcome to another edition of The Expert. The Experts. I'm Irene Marquette. I'm Aggie
0: Hewitt. And And you're tuning into another installment of an expert's potpourri. Yeah. So sometimes we like pick a subject and we'll like study it and discuss it for weeks on end. This time we're getting a random word and then we're each uh, coming to the table with our different interpretation of it and sharing with each
1: other. Yeah. And this week the word was mainstream. We were both so excited about it when we heard it. I know. Because mainstream, just like... Talking about things that are mainstream, it makes you immediately feel like you're like outside of the mainstream and like very edgy, which is good. Yes, that's true. Um, and it's just kind of, you know, it's just kind of, as you've said, I'm an anthropologist and it's always fun to think about things that are going on in the mainstream. Like, what are the people watching? What are they listening to? What What is like the dominant art? Of our time and what let's say about us is something I think yes. about constantly.
0: I it's something that I think about as well, and um, I would say in general, um, there are things in the mainstream that I really enjoy. But I would say, on the
1: whole, I kind of skirt the edges. I would say I believe that I tend to skirt the edges as well. I feel like. Mainstream culture is something that has always seemed very outside. Well, I feel like I was raised very outside of the mainstream. And like very, like I was taught to like be really judgmental of mainstream things. And I never got a lot. I didn't have a lot of like mainstream like entertainment and stuff as a kid. So, Yeah, I would say my parents, um, pretty bohemian as well,
0: had very far-reaching tastes, thought that being exposed to lots of stuff made you more interesting. I remember my mother specifically saying, if you listen to the same type of music all the time, you'll be digging a groove in your brain and it will, like, your brain will only want to listen to that one thing. And she was like, you don't want to dig any Groove too deep, and like, so you should be like listening. But that was like such a distinct visual, and it always made me think like it affects me even now. Like, if I read a nonfiction book, I'll read a novel or I'll read like a book of poetry or something, just so that I'm
1: not always in the same you state like of thinking. Like yes, group of influences. And
0: I think that the like mainstream in general doesn't have an interest in like cultivating that kind of engagement. It's, it's like, it serves a different purpose. It's just like what everybody decides is
1: enjoyable. Mainstream is like the least offensive, but the most like palatable. And what becomes mainstream is sort of like decided on by a group of factors. Like there are like, I think bad actors out there who know how to make money off something that they believe will be mainstream, but it's also agreed upon by like the common consensus of like what we consider to be like moral, acceptable, correct. And then that will become the most popular thing like yeah but what, what is I, I i had a writing teacher who was talking about writing um uh network pilots which are like the most mainstream kind of tv and he said that a me ma- like a multicam network sitcom is the um is like Offensive to nobody, but like also nobody really likes it. It's just fine. Like it's just something that can be on TV. It doesn't mean anything. (laughs) So I feel like that's like what mainstream. I feel like that's what mainstream is.
0: Yes. What uh what what did you take in if you weren't taking in
1: like what your peers were when you were growing up? Well, I took in some things my peers were taking in. But, like, definitely, like, the mainstream things that I took in were like Nickelodeon um, and like old Disney movies. But I was encouraged to watch um, like adult comedies, like, but ones that like reflected my parents' taste. So, like, or like my mother's taste specifically. Like, I wasn't inc- like, my favorite movie when I was a little kid was the Woody Allen movie, Take the Money and Run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was, like, my favorite. I loved Woody Allen as a little girl. Like, I uh, <laughs> watched old movies. Um, most we loved of the Marx, Marx, Marx Brothers. I loved the Marx Brothers. I liked the Three Stooges. I <laughs> loved... I mean, but I loved movies that were also, like, mainstream, but, also, but still, I think, had, like, the seal of approval, like The Wizard of Oz. Um, yeah. And then... I, a lot of my books, like you showed me when you were staying in a house, this book called The Goops, that was like a manners book for children from like the 1910s. And I was like, yeah, I had that. I had books like that. I had like, um... I, instead of like the Disney version of things, I would get like the Hans Christian Andersen version of them. Like that. That's kind so of. funny. We, yeah, I was like that too. We were just talking about the um, Little Mermaid the other day and somebody
0: was, somebody was like, oh, I just found out about the real ending of the Little Mermaid. It's so fucked up. And I was like, she turns into sea foam. It's like, it's yeah. romantic. It like yeah. that. Is, like, <laughs> It's because that's what I received as a child.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because like you were taught that like tragedy is beautiful and like everything had to have like a sad ending. (laughs) Yeah, because suffering is noble. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I definitely like I always wanted mainstream things. Like one of the things I wanted was like I loved um these like young adult horror novels by this guy, Christopher Pike. Oh, I love those books. I love them too. And like books of that genre. And I was allowed to read them, but my mother would always, she considered those to be very mainstream. And she would always tell me like, not like your mother, like you'll get a groove in your brain. She was like, the problem with books like that is if you read things like that now, when you're a child, your taste is gonna be the same when you're an adult. And if you read books like that, when you're an adult, everyone's going to think you're stupid.
0: <laughs> that is <laughs> amazing and you know that's basically Harold Bloom's argument against the Harry Potter franchise.
1: Oh, he's right. I mean, I it makes sense to me like I I mean it's tra- it's trash for kids and you grow up and if you're still reading stuff like that, you read trash. Like that's just the way that it goes. Not to say that I don't read trash, but at least I know what it is i remember
0: um, there was this used bookstore near my house when i was a kid and we lived in albuquerque and i used to like ride my bike down there and get like mad magazine books and you know whatever but like i had like a real progression where i was reading kind of like mad magazine stuff and then i was like reading weird like like christopher pike or fear street or vc andrews mm. and then i started reading like john grisham books and, and you know, Robin Cook, whatever, that, like, kind of thriller writer. Yeah. And I remember the girl who worked at the bookstore, she was the daughter of the owner. So she was probably, like, 25, but she seemed like such a mature woman to me. Yeah. And I remember her pointing it out and being like, there's a progression of what you're, like, like, what you're reading is getting more advanced every time. And, she, you know, like, when you're ready, let me know if you want <laughs> like real recommendations, like good books.
1: <laughs> That's cool. Wow. I don't think I ever had anybody like that aware of my, of like my progress <laughs> or like, no, I've never, definitely no one who worked in a store.
0: Well, I think I was, I, that was probably like what I did for fun, you know, was go there. And I'm sure I was probably like talking her ear off about something. And you were probably the only kid that was like in there. <laughs> yeah. Just being like a really chatty kid.
1: Yeah. Oh, you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I'm sure, cause I remember like reading romance novels in the aisles there and thinking about it now,
1: she was probably fully aware and just like, let me do my thing. <laughs> I think we talked about those a little bit when we talked about Justine.
0: I oh yeah. That
1: relationship makes before.
0: <laughs> yeah. I've touched on it.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, uh, just also thinking about moms
0: and, um, mainstream, I know I've mentioned this to you before, but my, my mom never bought us clothes that had like logos or labels on it. Mm -hmm. And it was so infuriating because Mm -hmm. gap was really big at the time. And like, I just wanted a sweatshirt with like The Gap logo across it, like every other person.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And my
0: mother was like, when they pay you to wear their logo, then they, she's like, you're advertising for
1: them for free. And don't Uh advertise for people for free. That my mother made the same argument. She was like, they should be, this is why we're friends. (laughs) She was like, they should be paying you to wear this. (laughs) That's, she said the same thing. Like, why would you wear that? And she would be like, But her point was, like, there's no aesthetic value to this. The only thing is that you're showing that you own this label, and it's, like, not even something to be proud of. It's the fucking gap. Like, why would you wear this? That is totally where my mom came from. They're probably, like, similar,
0: you know, like, hippie hippie.
1: girls. (laughs) Oh, for sure, for sure. And, like, to this day, I, like, think that, like, like I think the Louis Vuitton shit is so garish and disgusting. I don't understand it at all. Like I think so too. I I don't even like really high end stuff. I just like I still just think it's really vulgar to have logos all over your clothes. Even though I am currently wearing a very mainstream shirt that has but not this the shirt I'm wearing right now is from Uniqlo and it has a huge logo of Figaro the cat from Pinocchio. No, that's why I bought it because my non-mainstream way the original Figaro was Minnie Mouse's pet cat and that was how I knew her knew him her whatever and I had a cat that looked just like him and I named him uh Figaro when I was 3. And nobody knew everybody's like oh it's the Pinocchio cat and I'd be like it's Minnie Mouse's cat. Right. This was my, (laughs) this is like how I started. This is how I, I bridged the gap. You were a Figaro truther as a child. (laughs) I was a Figaro truther. Well, I didn't know. I didn't even, I mean, I was like, I I knew, I was like, Figaro's making like repeat appearance. Yeah, Figaro's an actor. He got an acting job in the movie Pinocchio. Yeah, he played himself. (laughs) It was a cameo. (laughs) That's so funny. I know, but this is the only Minnie Mouse Figaro merchandise I've ever seen, which is very mainstream. I remember I wore a Tinkerbell shirt once
0: and uh, I was like, I don't know, 22. I remember my friend being like, why did you get that? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I don't know. I thought it was cool. I never had like a
1: Disney shirt before. I never had one except for... Well, I had a couple. So when I was in junior high, it became like a trend that like all the cool girls were wearing like baby Disney shirts that were for like little girls. And I got one and wore it to school and I felt like a huge poster because I wasn't like in the cool girl group, but I just like wanted the shirt. So, but but I did have the best one, I thought, because it had like all of them on it. And also the other only other thing I ever had like that, which I cherished, was when I was a child, everybody wore shirts with Bart Simpson on them saying things, Mm -hmm. which also kind of fell into like the category of things I couldn't have. But I went to Venice beach with a group of people and I don't remember exactly what happened. My mother was with me. Of course I was a kid and there was some sort of beach shirt emergency that happens with children where like I needed a new shirt. Something got on my, who, I have no idea what happened, but (laughs) in an emergency, my mom went into a Venice beach gift shop and got me a novelty Bart Simpson shirt where he's saying like, don't have a cow man or something on it. And it was the only situation I ever would have gotten anything like that. And it was absolutely my favorite shirt I ever had. (laughs) <laughs> that's a great story <laughs> I mean <laughs> things worked out for me that day
0: um do you feel like uh people today like the idea of pushing back against like brand allegiance or um do you feel like
1: people do that or that it's like like maybe an old-fashioned idea But yeah, really old-fashioned It is old fashioned. I think that now the idea of not wanting something, of not liking something that's mainstream is seen as like almost rude. Where Mm -hmm. there've always been people like that who just don't understand what you're talking about, but like that you would have any criticism of like modern culture, or like have any criticism of anything that is popular makes you like almost antisocial and the proof that the whatever mainstream entity it is you're criticizing um is right and you're wrong is its popularity like that's like popularity is the most important thing right now and if something is like liked by enough people it is i feel like it's like it becomes so dominant and no one criticizes it unless they're, like, canceling it for, like, moral reasons. But there's no, like, there's no, like, analysis of what you're actually taking in.
0: Yeah, that, um, y- yes. And uh unless the analysis, like you said, is geared towards, like, I don't know, evaluating something by
1: a rigid set of like morals or you know. Yeah, but that's what's always frustrated me about this whole thing. Not to get in like a cancel culture conversation, but the I like <laughs> you should be able to understand the idea that you have to vilify or prove like, the moral shortcomings of the creator of a project in order to understand the moral shortcomings of the project is, like, a type of, like, cultural illiteracy to me that I really dislike. Yeah,
0: I think that's the best way to, um like categorize it it is
1: cultural illiteracy yeah like you should know like i was so i always hated louis ck i always hated that fucking stupid show that he did i liked it at first i was like yeah this is funny but at a certain point you're like this guy is really self-important he's like he's obviously sexist like he's making all of these points about women's lives and women's bodies that has nothing to do with his own experience like he's he's like lecturing to women through this show about how we should feel about being like whatever fat or something. I don't know. I don't care what is this man talking about? He had that episode where he's like he had like four different episodes of the show where like he saves a bunch of baby ducks. I was like what the fuck is this? And then it wasn't until everyone was like oh he jacked off in front of people that pe- that everyone was like oh is there something wrong with Louis CK's stand up? You should have known that. <laughs> It's like, this is what I like you should be able to look at the actual material and not just that everybody says it's okay. So I think it's okay. Oh, uh,
0: yes. Like, like the, there's like safety in numbers and it gives people a pass on like evaluating something for them, the, for themselves because it has gone through the like vetting process of just even getting to them in a way that they don't have to do any work.
1: Yeah, but also because, like, it reflects their values that they actually have. And once they realize that those values are actually bad or, like, the mainstream society, like, the moral values change or, like, what is acceptable publicly changes, all of a sudden that project or, like, that piece of work is, like, bad and shunned instead of people doing any type of self-examination. And, like, right now saying, okay, well, why are we all going to see, like, Marvel movies or... um, like, whatever, like, the DC action movies, like, where the only point of those movies is to watch, like, stylized, beautiful, choreographed violence. Like, that is all it's about. It's about, like, fighting and victory and that, like, victory and defeat. Like, those are the only two opportunity like those are like the only things that could possibly happen in those movies
0: yes my uh nephew is like he's the right age to be obsessed with all that and uh i was reading like one of his like marvel books with him and it was a roll call of characters and it's like this is a good guy this is a bad guy this is a good guy and it's like there's no detail about why they're like why are they good They're good because we say they're good. Why are these guys bad because we... And then it's just... uh, And they're doing the
1: same things. They're all doing the same things. They're all, like, beating each other up. And these movies have these... I mean, I I was the... Because I worked with kids. So I've seen, like, every single one of these fucking movies in the last, like, five years. Like, I've seen every uh, Avengers movie. I've seen, like, a lot of the fucking Batman ones. Like, I've just seen all these all this shit. And, like... They will have they all end with like a 30 minute non-stop like v- extreme violent with like but like with no blood. It's like a it's a ballet. Yeah, but
0: there's something about the cutting pattern of those movies where they knock me right out. I can't tell who's doing what. It's just a it's blur like of life. CGI. Yeah. It's like and it just I, I I always, I I was falling asleep in those action sequences and I just stopped going to see those movies
1: because honestly I can't make heads or tails of them. I can't either. And I just like start, like, I just like disassociate. Me too.
0: I uh, watched this really great... Did did you ever see the show, the web series that RuPaul did? RuPaul Drives, dot, dot, dot. And there's all these different people. Like, he did one with Courtney Stodden that's great.
1: Really? No, but I would
0: love to see that. You should see it. It was... I feel like when she was really relevant and people were like, what the (laughs) fuck is going on? And
1: I don't know why I laughed when you said when Courtney Stodden was really relevant.
0: (laughs) 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 It's not today. I mean, uh, (laughs) and yeah, even that is like suspect. I get it. Um, but he's trying to give her advice to be like, understand your personality and like where you fit into things and be really smart about how you, you know, like your character. He's like really trying to pack like a week long life coaching session into like, (laughs) 10 minutes. uh, (laughs) I felt for her. But there's a great episode with John Waters where they're um, John Waters is so funny. And the two of them are so charming together. And I think that people should watch it. But they they're talking about like themselves being outsiders and how they never really fit in. And John Waters says everybody wants to be an outsider. It's more perverted to try and
1: be an insider now. For sure. That did you watch the um, Roy Cohn documentary? No, but that's on my list. Thanks for reminding me about that. John Waters is in it, and um, he's he kind of talks about how about that and like that aspect of himself. And in one of his talking heads, he's like, he's talking about how during like whatever the seventies, he's like, I was a communist then which, I, and he's, he's definitely not now. And he was like, we all were. And he was like, it didn't mean anything. It was just something to say. And I just was like, I love, like who can admit that? I don't know, I thought it was so funny, but like has, I don't know. I guess, I don't know if, I don't know if RuPaul and John Waters have become like mainstream, but they've they've become like establishment. Which yes. I guess is mainstream.
0: I think, uh, I would say, RuPaul is definitely more mainstream than John Waters yeah for sure. I mean, RuPaul has like a fracking empire yes I know
1: <laughs> did you watch RuPaul's Netflix show
0: um I watched a couple episodes of it
1: and I haven't gotten back to it yet how did you watch it all I watched all of it I couldn't take my eyes off it but there is something that's a re- it's really weird
0: it was very weird. And I wasn't in the headspace for how weird it was at the time.
1: And uh, that, you've reminded me about that too. I'll go back to it. I don't know if it's intentionally weird. I think it's like. No, I don't think kind of so. Easily put together. But that just always makes something that's like a little bit strange. It's y- yes,
0: because there's like uh, like. It's not grounded. And drag queens already aren't grounded. And like that world is so heightened. And it's just.
1: I don't know. It's just yeah. so odd. It, was odd. it has no, like, it has no central point of view. The, like, the, sen- the like it will, like, it has, like, these wild tonal shifts throughout the entire thing.
0: Yes, I would agree with that,
1: from uh, what I saw. Yeah, and I, I ultimately think, I mean, in the end, and I'm sorry for spoiling it, but oh, yeah. I won't say what happens. I'll just tell you that, like, it has one of the most unsatisfying endings I've ever seen in any show, and... um. It it ends with RuPaul wearing like a ball gown, pumping gas in the middle of like like into like a trailer in the middle of whatever like some sort of like rural like road town or whatever, and it is it is like one of those montages at the end of like The Avengers where it's just like nonstop CGI violence except for instead of that it's just RuPaul pumping gas in a into a trailer wearing a ball gown like you can tell RuPaul just was like. I wanna film myself wearing this dress, pumping gas into a trailer. I think that's a really cool image. And so they just show that for like a way more than you would ever need to show it. It's like all, it's like, just like basically like a photo shoot that RuPaul thought was cool. And it is.
0: Wow, I mean, I'll check it out.
1: Yeah,
0: Um, There was this, uh, can I read you this one other quote from that interview? When they're talking about like um he's asking john waters about like the youth and kind of who his audience is and rupaul says i find that people who have uncovered life's twisted hoax find refuge in the irreverent twisted and weird
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh John Waters was another favorite of mine when I was a kid, which is so fucked up. I love Divine. My first screen name was Divine134 because I, like, thought Divine was so cool. That's so funny. I also love Divine
0: and was obsessed
1: with John Waters. And I had
0: these postcards of Divine. And I went to stay with my really religious aunt and uncle. And I had, like, post like taped them up to the wall around the bed I was staying in and I, at dinner I talked about reincarnation and they like t- they like gave me
1: these books and they were like you're a sinner <laughs> oh my god that's like my fantasy that's really cool be <laughs> a sinner Someone would be like you're a sinner whenever anyone's ever like thought I was like not with God and like lectured me about it i loved it one time i read i was reading the richard dawkins book god delusion on the on a plane which it's very embarrassing to admit that you ever read read anything that that man wrote but i was reading it on a plane and just like sitting there for the whole flight and then as when the plane landed the woman who was sitting next to me who i didn't say a word to turned and she was like what are you reading and i was like oh it's just about um uh, it's like a book by scientists about, uh, whether or not God exists. I didn't want to like get into it, but it was like a huge, it was like a shiny silver cover that said God delusion on it. So like, whatever. And she was like, well, I think she knew what it was or just like could tell. And she was like, well, he is, and I know that. So I will pray for you. And I was like, thank you so much. I was like, so I loved it. It's like, I wish people, I want that shit to happen to me all the time. You want people to be praying for you. Also, do you want to know another really creepy thing one time? Yes. This is the most fucked up thing I've ever done. When I was in college, I broke up with my boyfriend and we always, we had like a local bar that we went to and like, we knew the bartender. So it was like the middle of the day when we broke up and I was like, I didn't know what to do and I went to the bar by myself, and I was, like, talking to the bartender about it, and she, like, gave me a free shot, and it was just me and this one other guy, and I was, like, crying a little bit, and this guy who I didn't know, and he was, like, this, like, middle-aged man, and I was, like, 22, and he, like, injected himself in the conversation, and he was, like, are you sad right now, and I was, like, yeah, and he's like, I want to do something with you that's gonna make you feel better. And he took in the middle, in a bar in Lincoln Square, he took me by the hands and led me into the middle of the bar and was and like, have- I want you to get on your knees with me and pray right now, right here. No, Aggie. I, I did it. He's <laughs> <was> like, okay. <laughs> And he was like god like i don't know he was like praying to jesus for me that i would like not be sad or something and i just thought it was like so funny i was like kind of drunk and i was just like in this like weird little german bar and i was that
0: like that is amazing Did you know. feel better?
1: i felt kind of dirty i felt like i fucked him it was like it felt gross <laughs> Oh, my God. But then I was just like, well, whatever. And then I think I went and saw Superbad. <laughs> Weird day. <laughs> what a moment in time. What a moment in time. I know. Oh,
0: my gosh. My buttons keep popping open. Excuse me if you see something. Oh, that's not okay.
1: Right. I did not notice. Oh. I would not have known. Your camera's, like, high enough. Oh, good.
0: Um, <laughs> I just want to tell you one quick more thing. Okay, okay which was when I was in Atlanta working, there was a woman who worked in the office. She was like the, in charge of finances. Like you have to submit your receipts to her. Mm -hmm. She, she and I like struck up a conversation. you know, like you see somebody like that a lot. Like you're always turning in papers, whatever. She was always really friendly, really nice. And I remember, um, we were like by the copier one day. And she was like, Oh, I'm, I've been going to this, um, She's like, I just decided to like explore. And I was like, oh, I've been exploring Atlanta too. And she's like, I've been going to this uh, like mouth harp, like thing, it's like a choir, it's in a church. And I was like, oh, that sounds like really weird and fun. And she was like, you should come. So she sent me the info. I ended up not being able to go for whatever reason. And I went into the office and I was wearing a t-shirt of Belladonna of Sadness. Do you know what that
1: Japanese anime is? Um, yes, I have a postcard of it from that you sent me on my fridge. That's right. I love Belle Donovan, Sadness, uh-huh.
0: but it's a fucked up movie and uh, she asked me about my shirt and I stood in, <laughs> I stood like in a copy room and told her everything that happens in that movie, which involves a woman being ravaged by all of the knights of the kingdom, and then becoming like invoking the devil to become like this super powerful witch, and et cetera, et cetera. And the woman was horrified. And it was one of those things where I was like, I should probably stop, but my story's not over. And <laughs> you have to finish. She never talked to me again, and sure. I remember thinking like, oh, she wasn't inviting me to that like choir thing as like a weird fun thing to do, it's because she was probably very religious. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that sounds hilarious. <laughs> they will, oh my God. I know. They will, they I always think it's funny, but like I love I love religious people. And when they're like all in your face about it. God,
0: I know. I wish I had I wish I had something to believe in.
1: Me too. Me too. Well, sometimes I do, but it's just like I'm just sort of faking it. Because <laughs> I can. But that kind of leads me to what I wanted to talk about, which we oh. doing this for a really long time. And we haven't even really gotten to our things. Well, you were talking about RuPaul. You're yeah. to come up Naturally. Yeah. Well, I wanted to, I was like doing like research into, um, Ed and Lorraine Warren for this one. Like this made me think about like the conjuring, because like that's my hands down my favorite mainstream thing is like the conjuring movies, Annabelle, the whole thing. Yeah. And they were like religious con artists. Like, I feel like religion is like a huge part of whatever mainstream means.
0: I think that you're I think that you're right. Or like morals, ethics, like the ethics of the
1: people. Yeah. That is steered by whatever the dominant religious group is. I mean, I think that there's room for religion and like religion can be used to manipulate people into like buying your product or will like convince people that a certain story is like... Like, I think that part of the reason that the Conjuring franchise is so successful is because it's very, they're very Christian movies. They all have, like, a Christian point of view. Yes. Whether or not... The ultimate, because, like, Jesus is the ultimate ghost. Jesus is the ultimate ghost. And, like, any movie about demonic possession or whatever will be, like, has to be Christian. Like, that's Christian mythology. That's what it's about. Yeah. So, like, there's no real separating it. Um... And I don't think that, like, James Wan is out to make, like, Christian films, and definitely the actors in those movies are, like, really self-aware and campy during the whole thing and, like, are so funny, especially Patrick Wilson, who we talked about and, like, both are in love with – um, we both are in love with him. If Patrick Wilson
0: is out there, we would love to
1: have you on the podcast. Oh, my God. Would you like to come and talk about The Conjuring or hey, We'd
0: love to interview you. It has to happen over Zoom, Zoom only. And uh, we have a lot of questions that we want to ask of Patrick Wilson.
1: Oh, yeah. We'll think of them later. <laughs> but we want to meet you, Patrick.
0: We love you. And just talk to you and,
1: yeah, tell you all our favorite parts of all your movies. <laughs> That would be an amazing interview of like, we're just talking, telling him that we think he's cool. <laughs> <laughs> if you like that Chris Barley character. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great interview. Yeah. Um,
0: I'm sure he would like
1: it. Everybody, everybody could use a little boost. Everybody needs like, you know, something. It's yeah. a hard time, you know, whatever we can do for, for Patrick.
0: Okay, so The Conjuring, The Conjuring is a series of movies by James Wan starring Vera Formiga and the (laughs) delicious Patrick Wilson.
1: The absolutely delicious Patrick, and it it also, like, branches out into other, so I think that they're in all of them, at least, like, bookending it, or there's, like, a reference to them, but they aren't the main characters in all of them the movies, and I don't even know if they're in, like, all the Annabelle movies, even though I did see the most recent Annabelle movie twice in theaters. (laughs) I do not remember anything about it, and I do know that it was not that good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, those are movies that it's, like, good to be memento about. Like, you're always surprised by them. They're (laughs) always, always, like, not paying
1: attention. So crazy in it that you're, like, what the fuck? Like, like, bad, I mean. Like, you're, like, what is happening? But, um. They are all based on the tales of this real life married couple, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Um, who any relation
0: to Elizabeth?
1: Um, I do not, th- I hope not for Elizabeth's sake, but you never know. Maybe that's where Annabelle went. Maybe Annabelle went into um Bailey. <laughs> um, big structural bailey. Um, <laughs> um but they were this like Catholic couple where her claim was that she's been a psychic her whole life and she one day saw Ed Warren walk down the street and like saw a flash of their entire lives together up until the point that he died and like started crying because she was like mourning the death of her husband when she was like 15 and like had never met him before. And was like this is the man for me. And they were allegedly both devout Catholics and they got together and decided that he was a demonologist and she was a psychic and they were going to do these investigations. And the way that they... They started a a facility or something called the New England like Paranormal Research Society and they would do all of these, like, demon hunting or, like, haunted house, like, visits and exorcisms and stuff for free, but they owned the rights to all of it. So, they sold books, movies, TV shows, like, that was how they made all of their money. So, they were kind of geniuses, but they were also a little bit evil themselves because a lot of, what they were like talking about or like a lot of what they were researching there was always like a real crime involved like fame like the amityville horror like you know that story everybody knows it oh yeah i read that book yeah so that was there was a real murder in this house where this guy killed his entire family and then this other family the Lutzes, moved in and stayed for 28 days and they said that there was green ooze coming out of the walls there was a disgusting smell of corpses there were red eyes watching them there were flies everywhere um which they later admitted was like entirely a hoax that they cooked up with their lawyer and like maybe with ed and lorraine as well i'm not sure i mean the book reads like a very thinly veiled allegory about abuse and trauma i mean i feel like that's what all i feel like all horror like good horror is like usually an allegory yeah agreed but when they really crossed the line was when this poor teenager um who had i think schizophrenia murdered his landlord uh, his name was, what's his name? Well, whatever. He, sorry. That's like Arnie Cheyenne Johnson. No, it was, um, Arnie Johnson. Uh, he murdered his landlord and he, wait, is that what you just said? Yes. You said Arnie Cheyenne Johnson. Yes. Well, he murdered his landlord and he had schizophrenia and they like decided that they were going to move in and like write this book about how he had been possessed by spirits and how he, and they cooked up that if he said that he wasn't guilty because of demonic possession, he was going to get out. He was going to get away with it, which he didn't. He's in jail right now. Um, But they hired a ghostwriter to come in and write the book and apparently when he went and visited the family they were just like this very disturbed family that had this horrible trauma happen to them and when he went back to ed warren he's like this family isn't uh haunted oh you're muted
0: yeah just for a second
1: okay he was like this family is just like this traumatized family and he's, and Ed Warren allegedly said to him, quote, all the people who come to us are crazy. Just w- use what you can and make the rest up. Make it scary. That's why we hired you. Whoa. Dun, dun, dun. So they were con artists. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Irene just sent me a message and I laughed at it. Okay, so <laughs> I, didn't
0: wanna, I didn't want you to think I was being rude.
1: No, I don't. I would never think that. Um I, I um I love the idea of ghost hunters. What is wrong with them? I feel like you have to be so crazy. To dedicate your entire life to something like that. I mean, I think you have, to. I, like, I think Ed and Lorraine Warren were, like, literal psychopaths. Damn. Because how, I mean, to be so dedicated to, like, a con that you are going to do that, like, they did that for their entire lives. She died when she was 92 years old and she was still saying this shit.
0: Yeah. I mean, they just, they, they really committed to it and they did so much. Uh, Oh, Aggie, there's a new Conjuring film coming out in 2021 based on the story you just told about Arnie Johnson called The Conjuring. The devil made me do it.
1: Yeah. Because the book was called Devil in Connecticut that they wrote about him. And their estate's going to get all the money, get money from it. Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga is in that too. Well, guess what? I'll see it fucking opening night. I don't care. I'm going to see it. I love this shit, but it is a little bit fucked up. Yes.
0: What did you think about the Annabelle doll disappearing?
1: I didn't really understand what was going on or why everybody was saying that, but I appreciate, I like any Annabelle news. I think someone updated the Wikipedia page and said, Annabelle's gone missing. And then everybody had to like jump on and be like, no, Annabelle's not missing. There's no such thing as Annabelle. Like Annabelle's not really a haunted doll, which is so
0: annoying. You're assaulting my faith right now. I know
1: my religion is Annabelle. She's my Jesus. And Get on the floor of this bar and pray to Annabelle. And with pray. Me. Oh my god, what if when that guy made me pray in the bar, I was like, but instead of Jesus make it Annabelle and he'd be like You would have nuts. fucked him for real. I know he would have gone nuts. Um I know. Anna well, Annabelle did exist at that time, but people didn't know about it. And the real Annabelle is famously a raggedy and doll.
0: A raggedy a really creepy looking raggedy and doll. A big
1: raggedy and doll. Yeah, that, it's more disturbing than the Annabelle of the film. I agree. Because the Annabelle of the film is like this like terrifying like porcelain doll with like dirt all over it. And it's like making an unnatural creepy smile that no doll would ever make. Like it looks mean. Yeah, nobody would buy that doll for their child. Did you have porcelain dolls as a kid? No, I was too... I, I was rough with my
0: dolls. My mom made dolls like out of pantyhose. And stuffing
1: oh really yeah I had two porcelain dolls you did yeah and I had to keep them in like they had these little wicker chairs and they were on my bookshelf and I couldn't touch them and I was so scared of them
0: yeah that sounds scary they were
1: decoration I hated them
0: I wanted stuff like that but I wanted it to like I don't know. I just wasn't good at playing with things like that. Like I wasn't going to sit and like brush a doll's hair.
1: I couldn't play with it. I couldn't even reach it. It was like on top of my bookshelf. My mom put it up there just to torture me. <laughs> like they were just there. I couldn't reach them. I, I think I like almost never touched them. Wow. Yeah. They were just, I, my, they, my mom put them on a shelf too high for me to reach in my bedroom. And that was it. And now I love Annabelle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. Well, we've been talking about mainstream for a long time. Do you have any like final thoughts about like mainstream or any closing arguments for, against?
0: Yeah. I wanted to, I just wanted to, um, uh, Because my like RuPaul thing was just more of an anecdote. So I was thinking about like what, um, what my favorite mainstream things are. Like if I could make a list, which I did of, of my favorite things and the criteria that I've come up with are like ideas, attitudes, or activities shared by most people regarded as normal or conventional. That's the definition. So when I'm thinking about this, I'm talking about like things that fall into those categories that are accessible and available to everybody. So like books you can get in an airport, movies that play in every single town, like shows that are on every television that if you mention them to your grandmother or your aunt, they'd be like, oh yeah, I heard of that or I've heard of that actor. And not talking about like eccentric geniuses that end up getting accepted by the mainstream. So not like David Bowie or Prince or like Stanley Kubrick, any of the, like, just like basic straight up. What are things in this realm that I think are good?
1: Okay, let's hear it.
0: Okay. Einstein bagels. Really? I like Einstein bagels. If there's an Einstein bagels available, I'll get a bagel.
1: Okay. Do you judge me? I don't judge you, but I... Einstein bagels, to me, it was always, like, just if there wasn't a good bagel around. Yeah, but if it's around, then I'm happy about it. I know what I'm going to get. Okay. I'd be like, ooh, Einstein, that's good. I know what I'm going to get. Okay, that's fair. I mean, that's how I might feel about maybe a Wetzel's pretzels.
0: Oh, yeah. what That sounds, like, that sounds really good. Really good. I also love, like, um, a, a Blaze pizza or, like, a Pizza Rev.
1: Oh, I do think that those are fun. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love them. I go crazy for them. Chipotle as well.
1: Chipotle's good. Anytime. Anytime.
0: Um, The
1: Carpenters. Uh, well, was Karen Carpenter an eccentric genius who became accepted by the mainstream? Or was she mainstream and became an eccentric genius? I
0: think it's column B. Yeah,
1: I think you're right.
0: That's why she's on my list. And it's it's older and i feel like it's a little eccentric to even like the carpenters or like know who they are but
1: and then there um, was yeah yeah um herbal essences okay i used to love herbal essences and then um but it's been years years and years and years um the writing of dennis lahane oh yeah you've always liked dennis lahane
0: yeah. He did Shutter Island. He's good. If you're in an airport, it's like what Dennis Lehane is available. Great. Yeah. I can knock this off on the ride. Thrills, sure. chills. It's got it all. It's got it all. Um, I'm going to name three TV shows. Okay. Game of Thrones. Love it. American Horror Story. Love it. Law and Order SVU. Everybody loves that shit. That's what I'm saying. It's just like these are things that not controversial things that I like. Because yeah. I feel like I I like we said this earlier, I like to go off the beaten track a little bit. Yeah. So today is about celebrating things that are on the beaten track. Yes. Like dancing with the stars. Yes. Dancing with the stars also put the Olympics in there.
1: The Olympics are about the most mainstream thing on the planet
0: and it's great. What's not to like? Here's the thing. Dancing with the stars is watching people learn. Uh-huh. The Olympics watching people be excellent.
1: After they've learned, they go they've to We the- learned.
0: We've been on the journey and now yeah. just like watch them fucking kick ass. I like sci-fi concepts that are considered like acceptable for everybody. So we're not talking, we're we're like not going into crazy Battlestar Galactica, like what does it mean to be human land? Thanks, because I, I actually don't like that stuff. Well, I like that too, but I, what
1: I'm talking about here is a Freaky Friday. You've always liked the concept of Freaky Friday, yes?
0: I love a Freaky Friday. I also love um, time loops. Things resetting, like a Groundhog's Day, a Palm Springs a Russian Doll.
1: Russian Doll was so good.
0: I like um, uh, gentle time travel. We're talking um, Peggy Sue Got Married, Back to the Future, Somewhere in Time, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. I like Paris.
1: Okay. (laughs) I get all cities are mainstream. Cities
0: are mainstream, but I think that there's also some cities that are, like, cooler to like. It's like, if if you're like, oh, I love Hong Kong, or if you're like, oh, I love Tokyo, that's – even, like, if you're like, oh, I love Barcelona, that's different than, like, a girl who likes Paris. Right. Because when I say I like Paris, I'm talking about, you know, the cabarets, the culture, the ideas, the thoughts, all that stuff. You know what else I like? I like um, pictures of the Eiffel Tower. I like... Um, Audrey Hepburn, uh, <laughs> walking down a Parisian street. I like the most basic, like TJ Maxx, you know,
1: you're talking about like, dorm room art. Yeah. Like, talking so about dorm are, room like art. light up, like a weird painting mass market, like painting with like an Eiffel tower that like really lights up on it. <laughs> yes. like yeah. Okay. There's a lot that
0: like Paris means to me, like as just like as an idea and as a place, but just the most basic images of it, I find very appealing.
1: Okay. Um, You're
0: like, (laughs) you
1: should like Paris.
0: (laughs) I love Paris. I love Paris. It's a great, I mean, it it delivers in a similar way. um, uh, Movie stars of days gone by. I'm talking about Marilyn Monroe. anybody if you walk down hollywood boulevard and you see people on murals i like it i like that i guess like hollywood um i don't know what would you even
1: call that like hollywood memorabilia aesthetic like okay okay so just like some like like the the murals that are painted on the side of like Hollywood high school that are like a little bit scary and like, they don't really look like the person and they're covered in dirt and they're like more depressing really than inspiring because yes, they're just are telling you how far away you are from that actual life or like that, like greatness. (laughs) That I'm describing my, my teenagers. Okay. You're no, you're right. Um, I like the Spice Girls. The Spice
0: Girls are great. I like Denzel Washington movies. Me
1: too.
0: Also, in the movie category, I like creature features. I like, if you've got a Jaws, if you've got the Meg, if you've got a Slender (laughs) Man, a- I love Slender Man. You've got Crawls, you've got Deep Blue Seas, you've got a um, Predator, you've got a Terminator. I am, my butt is in the sea, my eyes are wide, I am high, and I am loving every second. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, I like the work of Michael Crichton. I've never read any, I never read Jurassic Park, or what else has he written? Um, Disclosure, Sphere, um,
0: the original Westworlds, um,
1: Jurassic Park (laughs) 2. I've never read any of it, but my dad definitely had a lot of those on the, on the old book. Well, I think it's pretty fun. Yeah.
0: Um, The Fanning Sisters that's a great one
1: the kids from twilight i really wanted to just talk about twilight but i felt like i'd already talked about it too much when we talked about well
0: you know we got a request to like actually dig in and really talk about twilight I do think that that's a really important piece of
1: (laughs) i think we should actually do that it's it's very very important i think you're right Uh, and finally yeah
0: i i love beyonce
1: i love beyonce too
0: I love Beyonce. I I love her so much. I feel like she's in the Carpenter category as somebody who started off mainstream, and, and like as time goes on, all of these layers unfold and unfurl. And I also think we talk about Beyonce. We talk about like Ford or
1: Pepsi, like she or the Gap, or she's you know she's she yeah like she's sort of transcended. Where like I someone I was t- talking to someone about like how much I loved Black's King and they were like oh, I'm not gonna watch it and I was like really and I was like I was shocked because I just thought that everybody just like immediately watches everything that Beyonce does yeah me too that's uh, the day it came out I was like immediately the oh. day it came out yeah. yeah and it wasn't even something I hadn't been like counting down the days or like been like oh I'm excited for this I just like I knew what day I was coming out the day it came out I just watched it just was like doing my taxes. It was just like, I have to do this today. <laughs> and yeah, it's like, thank you for this gift. Thank you for. Yeah. But even if I it <laughs> wouldn't have mattered if it was good, bad, anything, I just, I have to do it. And I'm right there with you. I thought everybody was like that, but apparently they're not. No. And that's too bad. I just watched it again. Um, the other night. Oh, you did? and it was even better the second time around i've gone back and watched some of them like the um forever mood i watched that twice i've wa- i've gone back and watched a couple of like i've like fast forwarded to parts and like watched repeats but i have yeah. watched it twice uh power is really good yeah and they're power like in her, that, with so her good. with her daughter any of the ones with um with blue are good yeah. Brown Skin Girls is so good. Oh, my God. With the debutante ball. I Oh, my God. I love it. I love I cri- it. That's when I cried. I cried as well.
0: And she- th- at the opening, I I also cried.
1: <laughs> yes. I cried so many times. But, like, from it was, like, when she brought Kelly. Whenever she's with Kelly, oh. I cry. And she's, like, holding her face. She's, like, you're so beautiful. She's, like, you're so beautiful. I love you. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> I love it
1: wait can so I yeah make- that's my that's 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 what I got that's what I came up with can I make one off the top of my head because I didn't prepare one but I think I can think of one yeah, yeah yeah please all right I'm gonna do it just based on okay I like um okay I like Stephen King I love Stephen King I like Budweiser love it I like Diet Coke
0: Ooh, me too. I love Diet Coke. Oh, it diet tingled Coke. so nice on the way down. Oh god. I know. I love to
1: decant it. <laughs> a Diet <laughs> Coke out of a out of a glass. Ooh, decadanza. I know. <laughs> um, I like. Um, okay. Sorry, off the top of my head. I am trying to think of ones that you didn't already say. Well, I like Seventh Heaven. Yes, you do. Although I may not like it in the way that we're talking about. Because I don't know that I like, I definitely don't like it the way I like Diet Coke. I like. Yeah, I feel like you have a very thoughtful relationship with Seventh Heaven. It's closer to my relationship with Twilight. Yes. My relationship with The Conjuring borders on my relationship with Seventh Heaven, but it's. I genuinely like The Conjuring more than Seventh Heaven. It's hard to explain. Maybe one day I'll really get into it. <laughs> um, okay, I like Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, Mariah Carey. I like The Bachelor franchise. I like The Real Housewives of New York. I like that too I love it I have been inside this season I almost talked about it you've been I, inside I, this season what does that mean like inside my TV just absorbing it in a very deep level like watching it really hard <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's been really I this is the season I started watching New York I think I'm gonna go back and watch the rest of
1: it oh this is your first season with New York yes yeah you should go back and watch all of it um it's so good uh but leah is like a special edition and i feel like you can go far back and you're not gonna get another leah but whatever i like Lacroix. yes me too good one thank you i like um nordstrom <laughs> yeah <laughs> i like mcdonald's which is bad yeah I me mean
0: too though i'll have a, a cheeseburger with no meat yeah i get a half meal sometimes
1: it's fucking good so good um okay i'm gonna think of two more and then i'll stop i like well, maybe I can't think of any more. What other mainstream things do I like? I mean, everything I like is. We like Oprah. I we like Oprah. Oprah. I deeply love Oprah. She's the most important thing in my life. And I like kids. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's
1: great. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> Um, I know there's more, and now I just want to, like, think of all the things that I like, but you know what? We're running out of time. We are, but that was, that was great. It was, I love to learn more about the Warrens. Yeah, and I love to think about and learn about RuPaul and fucking John Waters. It's so
0: good. Um, maybe we could post a link to that YouTube in the... Show description for our lovely listeners. That would be great. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. All right.
1: Well. Oh, should we do another word? Yeah, let's do it. This is just so fun. I hope we get mainstream again, so we get to do another list of the mainstream things you like and think about. Talk about diet coke. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. What is that, Irene? You're never gonna guess. I'm not neighbor. Oh my God. We are neighbors. We are neighbors. Everybody's going to learn about it next week. Yeah. That is amazing. That's really perfect. Perfect. All right. Well. Okay. Well, we will see you next week. To discuss neighbor. Why don't you give us a rating? Rate. Review. This I don't know if you can do both subscribe to sure. patreon but if we did we would ask for you to donate to it and yeah
0: somebody asked if we had it if anybody else is interested i mean we
1: might throw it up Wait, we're thinking about it we've got we've got some secret stash of stuff that we could share with you oh yeah and we could make more secrets we have, we have no end
0: of secrets you could get our unfettered opinions about stuff yeah do you legal. hear us talk about the reagan's
1: donate to our patreon that doesn't exist yet yeah the experts on un- uncensored. All right. Uh, have a good week. We will see you later. Yes, Bye. all <laughs> <laughs> the way down. Past 30 days the transformation is unbelievable. On power
0: 90, I have
1: but with the
0: We're gonna gonna trust the the experts on this one Yeah, you know being sick ain't no fun Open up your mouth, stick out your tongue We're gonna trust the experts We're gonna trust the experts